You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. With me today in the interview room of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, is that we're having a milestone day today, my friends, and that is that I have three people on this interview besides myself, and this is a first for Blue Lives Radio. I got old friends, new friends, and we are going to be talking about the uh, the corona issue and then online training. I have with me Ron Barber, who has been in the law enforcement training business with Line of Duty for many, many years. Uh, he and I have, have long history as, uh, as, as compatriots and also on the call uh, are uh, retired. Well, they're still active duty, but they have spent a long time as cops in Tulsa. Uh, David Shelby and Betty Shelby, both uh, longtime law enforcement officers and trainers, and welcome my friends to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Thank well, you, Randy. We appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you. You, you got it. You got it. Ron, let's start off with you. You have been, you have been involved in law enforcement training for decades. I'm not going to say how many decades because I'm not going to, I'm not going to rat you out on your age, but we, uh, we certainly go way back. Now you're, you're still very much in the game here. And, um, what we want to talk about today is both the things that are affecting law enforcement with this Corona issue. Um, and then how, how officers, I mean, in this day and age, basically right now, training is shut down. I mean, nobody is, is going into the training rooms. So let's talk about, um, about the Corona issue and go ahead and get started. Sure. Well, um, I will get the ball rolling by uh, letting everybody know that, I wanted to do something special. I wanted to do something that would allow in the line of duty to give back during all of this chaos, Randy. And so I did a Google a week and a half ago, and it was for police and surgeon. I wanted to try to determine if there was a medical doc out there who could intelligently and capably address issues related to not only the coronavirus, but also how it's affecting cops and first responders. And voila, I hit the mother load in the very first name that came up. It turned out to be a trauma surgeon at one of the busiest trauma centers in the United States, the Cook County, Illinois Trauma Center in Chicago. And this was a Dr. Randy named uh, Andrew Dennis. And as I was reading about Dr. Dennis, I was really taken aback to learn that not only is he a nationally prominent trauma surgeon who is uh, very much in charge at the ER there at the Cook County Center, but also, also, he is a full-time cop and has been for nearly 20 years. So I emailed him, and uh, within literally 15 minutes, half an hour, he'd gotten back to me, and we started uh, conversing via email, and I told him what I wanted to do, which was 
a free program to law enforcement related to coronavirus safety, what every cop needs to know. And he was amazingly cooperative, a beautiful guy, very well-spoken. And Randy, I will tell you that we put the pedal to the metal on this one, and we cranked out a 40-minute program in five days. And we have disseminated it free of charge to law enforcement for the last several days. You can go to our website, lineofduty.com, and right there in the lower half of the home page is a free link to the entire program. You can also get it on YouTube. We've sent it out as eBlessed. But the bottom line is, of all of this, he was amazing. Randy, this guy was amazing. He had insight. He had nuggets of information. He had all kinds of goodies in his trick bag that every cop and every first responder needs to know. And uh, it's a free program. So I am urging all of your listeners nationwide and even worldwide to check it out. That's it. That is amazing. So this guy is a full-time doctor and a full-time cop. Randy, he's uh, he's uh, obviously a workaholic. He's 30 hours on in the ER there, the trauma center. In fact, I just finished looking at oh, about a 45-minute National Geographic special documentary that was recorded in the ER with him at the helm. He's an amazing guy. In fact, Randy, literally the day before uh, we did our Skype recording, we were supposed to have recorded, but he was called out uh, to a hostage situation in the Chicago suburbs. And so he had to cancel until the following day. But yeah, he's a full-time cop. He's the director of medical services for the Illinois State Police. And he's an active SWAT team member. In fact, one of the first talking points that I gleaned out of uh, Andrew was a very interesting fact, I thought, that he had uh, issued a directive to the Illinois State Police that they lose the smoky bear hats and lose the ties because, in his opinion, they could be carriers of a potential uh, virus uh, or, or, or be, be at issue. So for the first time ever, uh, you folks in Illinois, if you happen to get stopped by an Illinois trooper, will find that he or she is not wearing a hat, not wearing a tie. <laughs> That's really interesting. I, he sounds like a, a fascinating guy. I think maybe I need to snatch him for, for, the, for the show one of these days. Oh, you do. You do. <laughs> you know, Randy, he's also the medical uh, technical director for several NBC shows that are shot in Chicago, including, as I recall, Chicago Fire. Uh, is there a show called Chicago Police? I don't even know. But he is the technical director for several uh, network uh, wow. shows related to first responders. So this program that, I mean, that, that you and he worked on, um, it, uh, it, it, is it a, uh, a training program for 
how to re remain as safe as possible? Well, I tell you what, why don't we bring in uh, Betty and Dave because they have both viewed it and given me some wonderful insight. Uh, Betty, what did you and Dave think about it? Well, we found that it was very informational and uh, it gave us also things that we didn't think about before. Uh, simple things, in fact, like having, like when he described being out on this hostage situation, they had a command center uh, set up. Well, what he noticed was people coming in and out of the door, and uh, he thought, you know what, they're touching that door. That needs to be clean because everyone's touching it without washing their hands. So the simple act of having a sentry put at the door to keep the doorknobs clean. I mean, those are small steps that we didn't think about. So that was a very valuable uh, piece of information. And, and like you spoke earlier about the, the hats and the ties, who would have thought? What I do think will happen from this type of information is there's so much coming in, but I think there's little nuggets that will be carried on even after this epidemic is over, such as providing a mask to the, the person that's going to be riding in your car, whether that is uh, a, a suspect, a victim, or someone you're given a ride to. Because as law enforcement, as you all know, we come in contact with folks who have more than just this uh, coronavirus. There's you know, tuberculosis, there's other viruses, uh, the seasonal viruses. So that, I think, is very helpful. Dr. Dennis was able to articulate things in a very understandable way. He, he didn't use a whole lot of Dr. Lingo that made you go, oh, can someone please interpret? No. <laughs> he, he spoke so that all can understand. And um, very, very valuable information. And what I really appreciated about this video and Dr. Dennis's information was that I don't know if people have really come, you know, the line officers really come to grips with the fact that we're probably going to be experiencing a new normal. I mean, it's going to cause, I think, a, a paradigm shift in the way we do business as law enforcement. And just as with the simple things of ditching the, the, the hat and the tie. Well, many agencies now are wearing the external vest carriers. How many people clean those every day? You know, you know, in the southern states, especially where it's, you know, really hot. Yeah, the, the guys will clean them probably on their days off. But, you know, these things have to be disinfected almost continuously. And so I think that he brought out a lot of points, such as the equipment that you don't always think about or the articles of uniform clothing that you don't always think about that could be a carrier uh, for these diseases. And he just sparked a lot of thought that I think a lot of agencies and a lot of officers really need to heed because I think that it's going to cause a paradigm shift in how we do our business in the future. Well, Randy, uh, one very critical area that uh, he addressed was post-traumatic stress and um, in, in his feeling that this is taking almost uh, or virtually an unprecedented mental 
health toll on many first responders. And this is one of his um, this is one of his loves. This is an area in which he has great interest. And in fact, he had pointed out to me that uh, in the trauma center there at Cook County, over the last five or six years, they have been paying very close attention to not only issues of physical health, but also mental health. And again, he said that he has seen a, an underlying bubbling situation here with PTSD and mental health that he has never seen before among first responders. Are, are you, so, Ron, Ron, hold on a second. So are you saying that, that he's a, addressing an issue that is a, a combined issue of this, the the uh, additional stressors brought on by this coronavirus epidemic as yeah. it relates to post-traumatic stress? Yes, yes, absolutely. And when I asked him that question towards the end of my interview, he was uh, very excited that I brought it up because, as I said, he is extremely involved in the mental health aspect, and he's seeing things among his fellow first responders, you know, and one of the areas that causes them and is causing first responders the most anguish is uh, not necessarily for themselves, but rather for their families. Uh, and as he pointed out, there are many of them who are sleeping in the basement. They're sleeping at the station house. They are, in fact, he said, Ron, since this began, I not only have I not hugged or touched or kissed my wife, I haven't even hugged my own children. He said, I get home and I strip down everything in the garage. I bring it in. I do a multiple cycle in the washer and dryer. So in answer to your question, yes, he sees and he has seized upon this situation, which he sees as being critical uh, going forward. And that's why, um, absolutely, I would recommend you have him on because he would dovetail uh, beautifully with what the, you know, the wonderful work you've been doing with the Wounded Blue. Yeah, that's, uh, th this is something that has not been really talked about, the correlation between the, the uh, um, you know, this epidemic as it relates to post-traumatic stress and all the other um, the, the stressors that are that inherent in policing, um, Dave, uh, you're still active duty. You're you're working, even though you're retired from Tulsa. You're working for another agency. Have you give me your your, your line officer perspective on that issue? You know, every day. I mean, as you pointed out, you know, policing in the 21st century is much different than it was back in the mid 80s when I became a police officer. You know, and I'm sure, you know, there's those of your listeners that have been cops far longer than I have, you know, will attest to that fact, you know, that every, that it's a, it's a different world. And every time we turn around, there's more and more stressors that we're having to encounter and in order to do our jobs. And so what I'm, what I'm seeing is that this is just one more, it's just like, you know, just like that old parable about the greedy people getting on the greedy man getting on the raft and he kept piling on the gold until he got that last piece and it just sunk him. 
and uh, or sunk his little raft. And so that's kind of what I feel like is happening now. I mean, I just find myself looking at these at these officers and saying, how much more can they take? How much longer before their little raft sinks? And it's yeah. it's taken its toll because not only do they have to worry about their well-being, the well-being of the citizens, but also now they're take they're, the the potential exists for them to bring something dangerous home to their loved ones that their loved ones didn't sign up to you know to get. They didn't sign up for that exposure that their that their officer uh, came into contact with you know during his shift. Yeah, so, absolutely. They've got they've got all of these additional stressors on them, and it's just taking a toll. It really is. One of the things that that I, I've been hearing from from officers uh, that that connect with me is that they don't believe that their administrations have done enough to protect them. Um, there's been you know an equipment shortage. There's been a, a lack of of any training at all to deal with this. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, trying to, trying to get my head around how we can be pre- better prepared as a profession, um, uh, you know, in, in the future. Betty, have, have you been hearing the same, the same thing? And how has your, your agency dealt with this? Uh, so, um, I can see the perspective of the officer saying, hey, we're not being trained, uh, we're not providing uh, Officers that are from a larger agency, they may have uh, a legitimacy to that. But when you're talking about a smaller agency that has limited resources, or maybe not, they don't even know where to turn, they, they're struggling. And so having a, a video uh, such as what uh, Ron is providing uh, for the smaller agencies to give them those little nuggets of, re- uh, of resources that's invaluable. Where my department, I, I, I love it. It is what I describe like Mayberry in the fact that the the citizens love their their sheriff's office. And the sheriff's office is so in tune with the community. I mean, it's, it's something that uh, if the community learns that an officer uh, may be struggling, they're going to show up with uh, cakes and flowers and and show their condolences and uh, ha- help in any way and so one of the things that was discussed the other day is our department is still trying to stay involved with the community by doing fundraisers and helping those in need but how do we accomplish that and still maintain the the rules stay six feet away have masks have gloves but how, how do they still do that so they're struggling to come up with solutions and um they're they're doing it successfully that's good already, one, of the, one of the things that i've i've seen is that how you know one of the questions i i have is how do you prepare for the unknown i mean six months ago the average person out here would not have fathom something like this coronavirus pandemic that we're going through. How sure. do you foresee that? How do you forecast that? You know, I mean, when the, when the, when the government, you know, doesn't, wasn't fully aware of it or didn't realize the, I guess the extent or of it that we would be facing, 
how, how do you, how does the average agency or how does the line officer prepare for this? So I think a lot of the administrators uh, of all the agencies, I think that they want to keep their, their officers safe, but I think they're struggling with what's the best way to do it. How do we resource this? How do we fund this? You know, where do we go to get it? Because everybody's experiencing shortages of PPE. How do we get this? You know, and so I think they, I think the desire is there. I think they want to keep their officers safe and provide them the, you know, the PPE that they, that they need and deserve. But I think right now there's a lot of agencies that are struggling. Could I uh, chime in? To make that happen. Certainly. Sure. Randy, I think one of the most expeditious things that law enforcement can do, and I'm beginning to see it happening more and more, is online training, uh, because a lot of these departments uh, are obviously, as David had said, going to be going through paradigm shifts in their training. Uh, as Andrew Dennis pointed out in the video, the last class at the Illinois State Police Training Academy has been canceled. He didn't, sure. he's the one who canceled it, right. because he felt that the close proximity those uh, recruits were in was not conducive to good health. So where is a lot of it going to head? It's going to head online, which is why I would like for Dave to come in and say a few words about the in the line of duty training that his department has been using. Uh, I gifted that to Dave for all the many wonderful things uh, he and Betty have done on behalf of Line of Duty. And Dave, take a minute, please, and let the audience know uh, what you feel the benefits have been to our online video training. Be before you get to that, Dave, before you get to that, um, you know, this is, Ron, I want to, I want to say something about, you know, your efforts over the years. You were, you were truly a pioneer uh, in, in uh, this type of training online, uh, your, your, your training videos, you know, have, have literally been seen by, I, I'm going to say probably millions over the years. And, and you were really a pioneer in this technology. So, uh, by all means, Dave, go ahead and, 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 uh, give that, give that perspective. Well, my perspective very succinctly is if an agency is not taking advantage of in the line of duty training videos, they are missing a very crucial boat they need to be on it is it's just been it's, it's been great i just don't know how else to say it uh, just as an example as a supervisor i conduct roll call training with my deputies and i will you know i will select a video based on things that have have occurred or maybe or you know things that i'm foreseeing as uh something that i want to bring up with them to keep them safe you know either physically or legally and i will scour through the library of all the training videos until I find one or two that I, I think really hits the nail on the head for the points that I want to make with them. And then we'll come in and we'll conduct a 30 minute roll call training where we watch these videos and go through the questions that are at the end of it. And we'll have discussions about it. And, and it really makes a difference, makes an impact with these uh, young, young deputies that I've supervised because, you know, we all know about vicarious liability and failure to train. And I, I just, I, not only to protect myself and my family, but more so to protect my subordinates 
I want to make sure that I equip them with all of the knowledge that they can possibly have. So it's been extremely valuable in that respect. That is a tool that I can break out of my, pull out of my hip pocket and say, hey guys, let's all meet over here. Let's take a look at this. Let's watch it. Let's discuss it and really go work through the whole issues uh, that are brought out in the video. The other thing that, it, the other reason I feel that it has been extremely valuable is because as most states do, you know, the state that I'm an officer in requires a, a minimum number of hours for all their officers to, uh, for in-service training throughout the year. And so this, a lot of times an agency, because of manpower issues, because of budgetary requirements or restraints, uh, may not be able to allow an officer to go to a course that he needs. Guess what? It can be done right there online. And so that's a, that's a valuable resource for the agencies in that respect because it limits the absenteeism due to training. And exactly. it also, and it provides the officers very relevant and very, just, just very relevant information that they can actually use in a no-nonsense format. And it's just been extremely valuable in that respect. And then the third reason is, as Ron pointed out, you know, with this paradigm shift, I think that we're going to be seeing in law enforcement, uh, you're going to see more online training courses uh, come about and become, and this whole field, I think, is going to, to take off. And it's, again, very valuable in that these officers get to receive this training. They meet, it goes towards credit for their mandatory in-service hours they're required to have every year. Right. And it's just, and it, without the possibility of exposure from the large group settings. And so it's just been, it's been greatly valuable to my officers. I mean, the feedback that I get from my deputies is that they actually enjoy it. They look forward to it and they come up with ideas that, Hey, Sarge, you know, next week, can we maybe look at doing this or, Hey, can we, you know, sometime in the near future, can we try to get some training in this area? Absolutely, man. And I'll go find it and then we'll, we'll implement it. Randy, well, Ron, Randy. Ron, Ron, let me ask you a question, Ron. Sure. Um, so you've, you've been, you've been in this business for a long time. How many training topics does line of duty have? Hundreds. I mean, literally hundreds. And any of your viewers, you trainers out there who are listening or sheriffs, uh, chiefs, sergeants, captains, please Check out the website. You can preview hundreds of courses at your fingertips. We've got a link that will allow you a free two-week preview with no obligation, no credit card. And I am now entering uh, our 26th year. I am very proud of what we've done. I really am, Randy, because I feel we've saved lives I will probably never even know were saved and we're making a difference. We are still the only provider of reality-based video training for law enforcement in the world. We are the best deal out there and pardon me for crowing but I believe it. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I believe it as well and we're kind of running up to our time uh, that, that we have available for this, but how do people connect with you in order to 
uh, preview your training and obtain it. Again, uh, very simple. Go to lineofduty.com and there is a very convenient tab uh, indicating a free two-week preview. Click on it and uh, fill out one form and you're good to go free for two weeks. And don't forget, on the lower half of the home page is that link to our free program on the coronavirus. And finally, Randy, I want to thank Betty and Dave for sharing their incredible story, Betty's experience with the fatal officer-involved shooting that was covered worldwide by the media. They shared information on what they went through mentally, financially, legally, that every department in the United States should watch. If you bought only one program, buy that one. And check, check us out. Check us out. You won't regret it. And, and let, let me say this uh, to my, uh, my listeners. Um, if you check out americaoutloud.com, which is where uh, this show is produced, uh, I have a, a full interview with Betty Shelby. And it is fascinating. You're absolutely right, Ron. Uh, her story is, is a story that every cop should hear. And uh, Betty, you're out telling that story to other cops, are you not? I am. I still am. I had to cancel my last one because of this uh, epidemic. But you know what? I'm taking that experience that I had from there. And there are some very similarities with what's going on right now that with what officers and just the general public are facing. Um, something very similar in the fact that, you know what, all of a sudden I was faced without a, a source of income when I was put on leave without pay. I had to struggle with how do I make financial uh, ends meet and with no known uh, time frame of when I could go back to work and uh, struggling to even find a job during that time. So it's something similar to what many, many folks are experiencing right now. So that's just one similarity. Uh, this is a critical incident. Yes, I, I, so I couldn't it, agree more. So, so how, Betty, how, how do, how do um, it, in order to, to book you for a speaking engagement, how, uh, how would my listeners connect with you? It, it's really simple. Just send me an email, iswbtraining at gmail.com. iswbtraining.com. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Okay. Yes. Good. We'll, we'll put that link up. You know, I want to thank all of you guys, uh, David and, and uh, Betty, Ron, for uh, everything that you're doing for the safety of the American law enforcement officer. Um, you know, you've been dedicated to this, to not only this business, but to service for, um, for decades. So once again, thanks for taking the time to be on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on the America Out Loud Network. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older. Until now. 
Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. As we celebrate our four-year anniversary, thank you for making it all possible. Well, should it news deliver truth and inspire us to reach higher? With blogs, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. What if a new treatment backed by 17,000 scientific articles was proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance? What would you pay for even the smallest dose of this treatment? Well, the good news is you don't have to pay anything because these are just some of the benefits of a full night of quality sleep. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Until now, most sleep aids haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM Sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's HealthyCell.com sleep. something very important I want you to do for me. If you've been listening to the Voice of American Law Enforcement for any time, you know that we are very dedicated to the law enforcement community here. I would like you to go to a website. It's www.thewoundedblue.org. I want you to read about how we at this organization are aiding injured and disabled law enforcement officers. If you are a law enforcement officer, and you have been injured or disabled, and you feel forgotten and alone, this is why we exist. We have a fully trained peer support team, all made of police officers who have been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed up. They know what you're going through, and we exist for you. You are the part of the Blue family, and you deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Unfortunately, many Police agencies and cities do not treat their officers with respect and dignity when they are injured either physically or emotionally. So go to thewoundedblue.org. If you are a citizen and you want to help, please check out how you can join the Wounded Blue. And if you're a police officer or have them, exist for you. So check out thewoundedblue.org. Now, I would also urge you to see our film. It is on Amazon, it is on iTunes, it's the Microsoft Store, it's pretty much every platform you can imagine. It's called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You would be shocked at how the men and women of this, you know, the 
law enforcement community in this country, many are being treated with such disrespect. Many people, most people, even cops, believe that if you are severely injured in the line of duty, you're going to be taken care of financially and emotionally. In many cases, that is not true. Please watch the film and help the Wounded Blue. So I've got to tell you guys about a product. And it is a product that um, I've started using, uh, much to my, um, well, my surprise. It's a CBD product, and it's called LuxFite. And uh, I got to tell you, I was very hesitant because just, you know, with my background as a law enforcement officer, anything involving CBD, I've always shied away from. But I was, uh, I was approached by a um, retired uh, New York City police lieutenant who is in the business of these uh, uh, Luxvite CBD products. And he explained to me a lot more about it than I ever knew. Now, I've talked to people that have used CBD products before, and, and they rave about them. So um, when, uh, when um, my, my, my friend told me about his products and about the fact that there is no THC in them, so check it out. It's luxvitecbd.com. That's L-U-X-V-I-T-E-C-B-D.com. Luxvite.com or luxvitecbd.com. They got all kinds of products. I'm not going to tell you which ones I'm using, but I'm using a couple of them. And, uh, and it is shockingly good. Check it out. Luxvitecbd.com. All right. I admit I'm a little prejudiced because... Law Dog Coffee is a major sponsor of the Wounded Blue. They actually donate 15% of their revenue to the Wounded Blue. And they are uh, a partner of, of the Wounded Blue in a lot of different ways. And, and also, by the way, they get some amazing gear. Uh, T-shirts and mugs and hats and all kinds of stuff. Uh, really cool designs. So check it out. LawDogCoffee.com. Tastes so good, it ought to be illegal. I have a very special guest. His name is A.J. Apone, and A.J. is the founder of The Mask Initiative out of Newhall, California. Now, um, A.J. is the owner of a special effects product company that he owns with his father in California, and he has done something remarkable. Uh, as far as helping in this pandemic um, that is affecting the entire country. AJ, thanks so much for joining me here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American thanks law for enforcement. Thanks having me. So, you know, Randy, thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. So um, let's talk a, a little bit about, um, you have developed a, a, a product to give to law enforcement officers around the country. They are really cool masks that are that are protective masks for law enforcement. If you would talk about what first of all, how do you come up with the idea and why? All right. So yeah, so basically what happened was, you know, like we're sitting in this quarantine, it's like week one, and you know, I I the first week to me was more like a vacation, right? So I was just kind of just sitting around the house and hanging out and by the end of that week I kind of started to get stir crazy like anybody else um and you know most recently in the past couple of months I, I took up 3d printing as a new hobby I'm, I'm the kind of person that always likes to make stuff and what's really cool about the 3d community uh there's tons of 
files available for free online that you can, you know, download and you can print um, for, for no cost at all. And with this COVID crisis that's happening, um, a lot of, you know, designers out there have created files for you to print for free. And there's just dozens and dozens of different things out there for this crisis. And one of which that you see a lot are masks. And I, I stumbled across this one specifically. And it really fit my face perfectly. I was actually shocked how well it fit my face. And I was like, man, I'm like, this is, this is a pretty good design this guy made. I'm like, I really like this. So the mask design is there. I'm like, but the filtering, and I'm like, if I could really figure out a good filtering system, that would be a game changer. That would really make it, you know, something that could be viable for people. One word kept on standing out to me and it was, you know, HEPA air filter. When I noticed the highest one they carried there, it was this purple packaging. It's called the 1500 and right on it, it said for virus and bacteria. So like right there alone, I was like, the word virus is on there. So I know that these things are made to filter out virus and bacteria for your home and they have to be safe for your home. They can't be, you know, pushing through like bad particles, this and that. And then I find out that there's no, there's no uh, 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 fiberglass in it. So I was like, okay, this could be, you know, safe to breathe through. It was crazy how the whole thing came to fruition. It was all in the matter of, you know, hours. And like, as I'm posting, I'm tagging people that are in the medical community, you know, like, is this something that would work? Is this something that you could see, you know, you know, helping? And, you know, the, the amount of responses I was getting was like really positive. And in, in essence, in essence, you, yeah. you, you got this idea because of the, of the, you wanted to do something that would help first responders. So you first responders in general. Yeah. So it wasn't just police or fire or health. It was everybody that was being put into that front line, you know, predicament. So and you, originally and, it and was you, for health. And you, invent, and you, you, for all intents and purposes, uh, invented your own little system here. That is, um, it is a really, and I, I've seen, I actually have one of the devices because you sent it to me. And so sure for, for my listeners, I want you to know, that this, this, what he's invented is amazing. And talk, talk a little bit about um, what it's made from, how you, how you manufacture it. And then we're going to get into a little bit more about, about the, the uh, you know, how we're going to get it to people. So, yeah, definitely. So, like, um, so it's made out of, so like I said, I 3D print them. The 3D printed with um, filament. And the filament, there's tons of different filament out there. That I believe there's like 18 or 19 different styles. Um, the filament we chose is actually the most basic style of filament that you can buy as like a 3D printer. They're, they're like $20 to $25 a roll. It's called PLA plastic. And PLA plastic is a medically used and medically safe plastic. It actually is used in medical sutures and pins and rods that actually get implanted in your body. And they will be absorbed and dissolved over time if they are implanted in your body and they're totally safe. Um, so when I read all that information, I was like, okay, boom. Once I started, saw the word medical, I was just like, okay, great. Like these are already approved to be used in a medical setting. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily using a, a product that I can, you know, it'll turn around and bite me in the butt in the long run. Right. So I was just like, this is, this is great. You know? And then I, I, you know, I posted that article that, you know, that spreadsheet about it. It's on my Instagram so people can see and refer to it. So they know that it's not like, I'm just saying this, you know, out of thin air. Um, I've done a lot of research just because it's like, I know it's people's health. And, you know, I, I, and like I said, and I've always said, I'm like, I'm not like trying to reinvent the mask. 
Um, but I'm just trying to, you know, give an, a viable option to people that don't have one or they're using a bandana or they're using a mask that they've been wearing for seven days in a row. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, uh, if you would, you're talking about a technology that most people have only heard the, the, the phrase 3D printing. If you would talk a little bit about that technology and how you're utilizing it. Yeah, definitely. So like I said before, like I'm really new to the 3D printing world. Like I've only been doing this for a few months. So it's like, it's crazy that like I've been able to really pioneer something um, with the help of, you know, the person who designed it. I didn't design the mask. There's a gentleman that designed the mask, I believe in, in like Germany or Norway or something. I got to look at it. It's on my website. Um, but I, the filtering systems were really took it, took it to the next level. So with the 3D printing, which is really cool is that it's the same um, technology as CNC uh, uh, inlaying, um, but it's just a little But instead of cutting in, you're layering on top of. Um, so the difference is instead of having a blade, like a router that's moving along the bed, you're using a, an extruder, which is pushing filament through this tiny little nozzle, heating it up and layering it layer by layer. Uh, millimeters so as it lays it just kind of just goes in circles or it goes in lines and it's creating literally layer by layer by layer by layer as it gets higher and higher and higher and higher and it just like literally you just you you find the file depending on like if you know 3d files at all you could like just get the g-code file but the g-code file is actually the file that you use to print so i'm going to stop you now because you're getting <laughs> you're getting very techy on me here very techy. Sorry, yeah. all right so so in essence 3d printing is is a technology that uh, creates you can you can make multiple um, multiple masks from this technology. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, exactly. So You're just you, taking a spool of plastic and it's melting it down, and the printer is telling it what to do based on the file, and it just it does it all. It's on its own. It's all now, automated. Now you see. Now I understand because I get there I get go. that. I get that. All right. So you yeah. you now yeah. have, have been manufacturing and making these these uh, masks, which are protective. Uh, you know, they they have a a, a, a filter in it that can be um that can be removed and replaced so yeah so exactly so what we, we what we wanted to do is create what i loved about the idea of this because originally was that there was no masks for people to get right so it's like well now if i'm making this specific mask and it's hard plastic and i'm like uh, i'm like it's a reusable mask that's you know that's incredible so it's like you get this hard plastic mask that okay let's say after a day you know you're you're out doing your duty or on you're on call or you're on, you're a fireman, you're on, you're on call, or if you're the health worker, you're at a hospital, you're dealing with exposure. After that, what I say is you either, if you have access to a UVC machine, which is a medical sterilizing machine using ultraviolet light, you throw it in there for about 20 minutes, or you can do it, you can do what I call as a hydrogen bath where you dip it in hydrogen peroxide and then you just let it sit and it'll kill all bacteria. Uh, are you doing this all by yourself? No, no, it's me and my dad for the most part. You know, my dad is like, how can I help you? So you've, you've made how many of these devices now? So we have 589 confirmed like pickups slash drop-offs. And we've shipped also, um, we've shipped across the country. So we've shipped to like Connecticut, we've shipped to Florida, I've shipped to Ohio, Texas, Colorado. Um, what, what, has been, know, just, what has been the reaction from first responders? Say that, can you say that one more time? It got a little what, weird. What has, what has been the reaction 
from the first responders to being given these masks and you're giving them away. Yeah, we're giving them away. So we're, and that's the thing is like what you said was right to the first responders, which people are trying to like more as the exposure has gotten more and more, a lot of people like civilians have messaged me and like, I want to help them too. I understand they're scared, but they have to understand that these donations are for people that are directly being in contact with the virus that are directly on the field that are, you know, at high risk for exposure. Um, if you're just sitting at home and you're scared, I get it, but this isn't for you right now. I will open public sales soon, but right now, what the, especially what the donations are for, are for me to get the materials so I can get these out to people who don't have the protection that actually need the protection. Um, and like you said, what you, and you want to know like what the response has been? The response has been incredible. I have, you know, it's 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 been humbling, honestly, like to see how thankful people have been. Um, you know how the community even behind like because like, like when I say it's just me and my dad it's just me and my dad at my house but like it isn't just us I have a community of people that are like either you know they're printing the, they have 3d printers at their house and they're 3d printing and they're dropping them off on my doorstep I have like like a bunch like at least 12 people that are doing that some that are which that have bought the printer since they saw what I was doing and they wanted to buy a printer because one, they thought it was a cool, you know, a, a cool technology that they've been interested in learning. And two, they just like, they just want to help. You're going to print those things out. I, I love, I love the word revolution because what, what you have in fact done is create a grassroots rescue effort for America's first responders. Now I want to put my other hat on my other yeah. hat being the, the founder and CEO of the wounded blue, the national, assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement and yeah. uh, and uh you you were kind enough to reach out uh to my organization and um and graciously offer these masks to the people that we serve the american law enforcement officer and yes. so we're going to be assisting you in this effort and we appreciate that this is one of the most exciting things that uh, that that uh, has happened to our organization. I mean, we we have a a, a great deal of um, of followers in the law enforcement community. So being able to work with you to save lives and to and to make a difference is really something that uh, I find personally satisfying. And I want to take the time to publicly thank you for what you're doing and for this effort. Well, I appreciate that very much. And I, I've always had a lot of respect for law enforcement, um, even though they've been to my house, a t uh, you know, dozens of times when I was young to tell me to shut up because I was having too many parties. <laughs> um, but it was really, it's really funny because I was telling my dad, I'm like, you know, I'm like, this is the most cops I've ever seen show up at my door and not tell me to shut up. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a stranger too. They're a stranger. They're scared. They're, you know, on guard. I get it. Um, so I, I have the utmost respect. I mean, I considered going into the forest once I when I was out of out of high school, but I went a different route. What I what I really want to um, let people know is that help is on the way. That um, you're yeah, you're, and you can you can ramp up production uh, to uh, you know to to get a lot of these in the hands of people. Um, now it, to to get donations to you because you you're, you've been funding this a lot of this out of your own pocket. So how do people Well, we actually, yeah, I'll tell you. So actually we, we, we funded the beginning out of pocket, which wasn't even that much. It was probably like for me, cause like I had like, you know, I had materials lying around that I was just printing dumb stuff with, you know, just like little trinkets and knickknacks. And um, so I was able to make like the prototype alone and like 
with my own money and then get like um the filter first filter material with my own money but like i feel like my my initial startup cost was probably around 100 bucks wow and then w- once i really because like yeah because then once i said possibly take donations and like i like happened to like say it and then the next thing i knew i got like 50 bucks into my personal venmo account and i was just like oh that was cool and then next thing i knew i had 500 bucks and then by the end of the day i was over a thousand and then by the next day i was over 2500 it was like it was crazy. And then like by the third day I was, I hit like five grand. I, they believe in me enough to like give me all this money. And now I actually have to like make this happen. That, that's um, absolutely true. So how can people give to you? Um, do they, how do they connect with you in order to so, get you funds? Yeah. So like we have our Instagram is the mask initiative uh, underscore. Uh, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com backslash the mask initiative. And then we have a website, the mask initiative.com. Um, there's donations, uh, information on all of those that we have a fundraiser running until May 1st. Um, we're at like 18, five on it right now. Our, our, our goal is 20,000. Um, and, uh, but we can go over. So, I mean, if they want to donate and we hit 20,000, don't be afraid. You can still donate if you want. Um, but so like what we're going to do is we're going to, we're keeping that donation. We're going to keep the fundraiser until May 1st. It's been going the past, the, the whole month of April. Um, and then once that fundraiser is closed, then we're going to basically use the rest of that money to get out as many uh, masks we can with the amount of materials that we can. Ideally though, now that I've seen so much, um, so much support from, you know, especially law enforcement agencies is I feel like I really do feel like that these departments should have these with all of their deputies. I think that especially for the reusability of it, um, you know, that they could be part of their uniform and they should be outfitted with, they should all be outfitted with them. You know, and at that point, I, 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 would agree. Love to create, I, I agree. I would love to create contracts with these departments, you know, um, and make this like a true business. Like, I mean, cause at the end of the day, um, you know, I, we do got to work. We do got to be, you know, humans. And I, you know, and I love the, uh, the philanthropic side of it. And I would keep that going in, in to, to an extent, but I, to an extent of like really outfitting departments at the most they should deserve. I would love to create accounts with all these departments and, you know, fill the whole department and get everybody with them. But in the, but in the meantime, you're providing them free of charge to law Correct. enforcement. So that's, and that's in the meantime, where, we're going exactly. to be we're going to be working together to achieve that goal. Exactly. Yeah. So we're doing that until until my until my do- donation funds run out, we'll be doing that. Well, I would imagine that there's going to be a lot more donation funds coming in to you for this. Well, that, I would I would love that. That's great. So, um AJ Apone um and the Mask Initiative doing great work. I appreciate you not just for well, working together with the Wounded Blue, but for your efforts uh, in in helping to save the lives of, of first responders and law enforcement. And, uh, and plus, I mean, y- y- that's a hell of an idea. You d- you took you took an an amazing um, you took an amazing uh, effort here to to make a difference in the lives of people. Uh, the the uh, uh, fact that you did this from a grassroots perspective, I think says a lot about not just you, but about the the people that, that are around you that, that reached out. So I want I just, I just want to say thank you again for not for just doing what you do, but for taking the time to be on blue lives radio, the voice of American law. Enforcement. I appreciate, 
I appreciate you having me, Randy. It's, it's, it's been awesome talking to you. Great. So we'll talk again soon. That sounds good for me, man. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, where we bring you everything about law enforcement from a law enforcement perspective. A um, couple things. If you are on Facebook, please come to my page. That is the voice of American law enforcement and like it and follow it. Also, um, since you're going to be on Facebook anyway, go to the Wounded Blue and uh, like that and follow that as well. If you're a Twitterer, I'm at LT Randy Sutton. And um, I think that about covers my social media presence. I do want to hear from you. I'd love to hear from people that have uh, ideas about stories, about things you want me to cover. I try to be as responsive as I can. And uh, anyway, I, I really do appreciate you tuning in to Blue Lives Radio. And, you know, uh, we've been on the air a little over three years now. And I hear from a lot of my folks that listen to the show that it's, that it's meaningful to you. 